Passion, drive, and patience. That's the formula for winning championships and is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. They have superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and much, much more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, they've got it all ebay motors has you covered with over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die you'll always find exactly what you're looking for and with ebay guaranteed fit your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back because with ebay motors you're burning rubber and not cash with all the parts you need at the prices you want it's easy to make your car the mvp and bring home huge wins let's keep your ride or die alive today at ebaymotors.com eligible items only exclusions apply I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as uh, simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. He's taking Skip photos back. for Chase Elliott, Kyle Larson. I mean, he's, he's practically an HMS I, fanboy. I don't take photos for Chase Elliott. He's probably got a burner account. But the five. Oh, does. do you have a burner? <laughs> no. Are you getting too big for your britches? You never know. You never know. Are you breaking up with me? No, I'm not. Not here anyway. The following is a production of Dirty Mo Media. Hey guys, welcome to Actions Detrimental, episode 22. Hotlanta version. I agree. Nobody calls it Hotlanta. Uh, I, I think I saw Brett Jukes from uh, the Atlanta Falcons. What's part of the NASCAR group? It's like nobody calls it Hotlanta down here. Agree. We have to have something to talk about. So um, I'm Danny Hamlin, driver of the number 11 Coca-Cola Toyota this weekend, and co-owner of the number 23 and 45 for Bubba Wallace and Tyler Reddick, and his co-host is Jared Allen, uh, purple vest number 560. I agree, no one calls it Hotlanta, but it was f***ing hot this weekend. Really hot. Um, Yeah. Uh, how often, I mean, you're just famous now. I hear we're going to get you your own hero card. <laughs> Apparently. Put That's it right what my PR guy says. <laughs> <laughs> He'll like to hear that if you listen to this episode. <laughs> is Who is it? Tyler. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but he also said he hasn't listened in a couple of weeks, so. Uh, okay. All right. Well, yep. Uh, people starting to yell out Jared's name all, all the time now. I was at a, um, I was actually, what was the first appearance I had? This week? Oh, no. Uh, it was somewhere. I forget where it was. But they were like, where's Jared at? We want to get our picture with him. Someone someone said that yesterday. Uh, see, now. We were you were walking to the to the car or to the uh, driver intros, and I did hear someone yell. I, I wasn't like right behind you, right? I was like off to the side, and someone said, "Oh, you know, where's Jared?" And I thought it was funny because I was just <laughs> ten yards back, but trying not to, to to blend in. All right, well, it was uh, it was a hot one uh, for sure. I mean, I wasn't. I don't know. I spent most of the time in the motorhome, so who am I to say I wasn't sitting down in the bleachers? But. Um, but yeah, it was a interesting type of race because we had the Atlanta surface that is aging, and with it aging, it's starting to lose grip. And with it starting to lose grip, we have uh, uh, you know the the tire and the track combination starting to get very dicey, which is why you saw on qualifying cars spinning out and whatnot. Um, it's uh, the tires. It's it's interesting because it. It had more grip the more you ran and the more that you were in traffic, actually. Um, this gets, gets back to the, the saturation number. So um, basically, if you take something and it's super hard and you try to slide it across the surface, it'll slide nicely if there's no weight on it. But if you, um, but if you put weight on it, it, it grips and it digs in. So... Um, I think the saturation number that it takes to make the tire actually make grip um, has gone up in, in time. Or, I'm sorry. Yeah, it's gone up. And so while we're in traffic, 
um, and we're running faster speeds, it's it's actually got more grip than it did when it's out there by itself. So um, it'll be interesting to see where that goes. I think it, it probably is due for a tire update. Um, we we don't tires don't wear out there. You could run them all race and and not have to change at all. Um, so it's um, yeah, it's it. It definitely, I thought, was a very exciting race. How long, how long does it take? You mentioned that the, the track is already wearing. But yeah. This was repaved, what, three years ago now? This is mm-hmm. only the fourth It's or something race about on it? tracks in the southeast. I mean, I guess it's probably because of the weather that's creating bad thunderstorms, hard rain, intense heat that's making the surfaces age quicker. Yeah. I mean, we're talking about like, like you can't see the age with your eye right it's it's all very small uh it, it is small for sure i mean you can start to see it because it starts the pavement itself goes from being black when it's laid mm-hmm. to it starts getting lighter a shader a lighter shade of gray each and every time you go back it'd be interesting if there was I mean, maybe this wouldn't actually work but like a photo of the surface right when it's paved oh, yeah. and then a photo each it's each a time, lot different each, throughout, yeah. each time throughout the year. Darlington took no time. It was, um, man, in the course of a probably three races, it went from being very, very you know, dark as this table to bleached. Uh, it was, it's crazy. Um, whatever the pigment they use there, it was, it, it changed a lot. But what were you gonna say? Nothing. Anything just, else on tires? No, uh, no. Uh, there was that's that's needs needs to be a segment, Travis. Tires. Uh, something about tires. I hate talking. About, I mean, I love talking about tires, but I hate talking about them because it means you know there's some improvement to be had. Um, we are speaking of tires. Uh, NASCAR is working on a um, new splitter configuration. It's called an up down splitter, where it creates lift for the front car. Um, and the idea behind that is that the front car is at a disadvantage. So that we, we keep trying to reel the front car in basically. Yep, yep. And then when you're in traffic, the car actually, it doesn't have any lift anymore. So it, it makes the second car have an ability to stay closer to the front car. Um, it'll be interesting to see how it plays out. I, I like the logic behind it. I'm still not sold whether that will change much of anything. I mean, think about this. When we go to the short tracks, aerodynamics is not that big of a deal. It, it never has <clears throat> has been for a while. It's just been the lack of tire fall off that we've had on the short tracks. Like I, I had a good conversation with Dale Jr. on it. It was like when we went to Richmond, it used to be double the fall off. Every short track, Phoenix, was more than double the fall off than what we have now. So not only are the cars running the same speed because we build them all the same now and they're all part of the same parts and pieces, you also have a tire that is really, really hard and we keep taking downforce off the car. And then what downforce does is wears the tire. So it pushes down. So on that cheese grater we're talking about of, of, of trying to get the, the tire rubber off the tire to to make it slow down if you're not pushing down on it as hard it's just barely taking anything off right but if you push down on it it'll really take some so you got to have downforce to wear out a tire or you have to make the tire much much softer i mean huge chunks like the 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 levels of downforce in which these cars have is the lowest it's been in since the nineties. And when they put this splitter on it, it's going to be lower than that. Well, I can assure you the tires were much softer way back in the nineties than what they were now. So, um, you, we, we have to keep, make sure that, and I know that, uh, Goodyear did a test, um, at New Hampshire, uh, and we're bringing a new tire this weekend that is more grip. So it's, it's faster on the short end and it should fall off. I looked at the numbers. I mean, and it it's a couple tenths difference, which hey, that's a difference. That's a that's a start certainly. Um, but we we've got to just continue to whatever that mixture and that chemical is that they're 
you know, that, that they, the vials of things that they put in that batch to make a tire, got to just keep making it more aggressive until we, we have to pit because we're wearing out tires. Yeah. That's for sure. So what that, that will create the lifetime variation to these cars can pass. What I'm hearing about this splitter is that's not necessarily going to solve that problem, right? It's going to lift the leader off the ground more. Right. Which is not going to uh, lead to additional tire wear. Because the tires gonna be yes, yeah, so the tires will wear less. So he's just gonna run the same lap times. If he were out on an open track, which he will be until he reaches traffic, yeah, he'll have less grip, but not because his tires are wearing because the car is off the ground. Yeah, the whole he'll have less overall grip from lap one on. So right. again, you take off the aerodynamic grip, and you need to add mechanical grip. It's the short tracks need mechanical grip, not aerodynamic. You don't need to take away aerodynamic grip. You just got to add mechanical to make it to where setups matter and and driver technique matters. Um, if you don't, then you end up just having kind of a, a conveyor belt around the racetrack. Right. Their lap is, the leader's lap time will fall off the same. Yeah, you'll lap. see it. From, be no they'll, they'll catch the back of the pack, and they'll just sit there, and, and everyone's going to run the same time. Um, so that's what we don't want for sure. I'd be, I'm really excited to see uh, about this new tire combination uh, this weekend to see if they made a, a big enough step um, to, uh, to, to work on the short tracks. And if it works, please, please, please take it to uh, Phoenix because that tire's not very good. Is this what you're headed? Where are you, you're headed to Texas tonight to test? What are you testing? <sighs> tires? I don't know. Tires. <laughs> I was leaving at 10 o'clock tonight. I got a meeting at the uh, new building at 9 p.m. That is important. It's a, it's a night meeting for a reason. Um, and holy cow, it's, uh, yeah, going to leave at 10. On track at 6 a.m. tomorrow and Wednesday. So, yikes. This 6 a.m. on track. Yeah, because you know you're leaving at 10 p.m. Eastern, not 10 <laughs> p.m. Uh, yeah, it's what's well, 9 so I'll be oh true bed. you're going back yeah, an hour. i'll be in yeah. bed by 12 get six hours sleep and plus the test i sleep in the car like hopefully they have to make changes to the car because that's some of the best sleep you'll get is sitting in your race car i don't care if it's 110 degrees i mean you can control. and i'm a sitter i sit in the car as long as i can sit in the car so yeah come in they jack it up and that jacking is like rocking a baby <laughs> I'm just, I'm just like, okay, go ahead. Is this a long change? I'll take about 25, 30 minutes. Oh, perfect. Denny, how's the, how's the car? Oh, it's bad, Chris. It's bad. It needs, and, needs a lot of change. Yeah, but you know what the team does? Then they drop the jack really hard and quick and, and it startles me and wakes me up. And then, uh, and then I, 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 I literally crank it and then go 200 miles an hour. Well, we don't go 200 anymore. Uh, 190, let's say. So. Yeah, it's, uh, I'm going to get a lot of sleep during the test. Although, with it being a Goodyear test, we're probably just going to be cycling tires one right after another. Tires, 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 tires. So, Goodyear, yep. Hopefully, they uh, they come with a new combination that's got more grip on the front end, less grip on the back end. And, um, yeah, yeah, we're going to run Texas. They're doing it because it's like a, a billion degrees. On, we're basically on the sun there in Texas. So, on track at six, done at one each day. Sounds like fun. I know. I got my oldest here, Taylor, in the studio. She's uh, in a hoodie. She's just coming live. She looks like Disney. you just woke up. Huh? And she says she looks like you just woke up. I know. Yeah. She uh, just came from Disney and whatnot. And uh, I got a lot of stuff. Yeah, she got a lot of stuff. She just can't wait to show me. I'll be done here shortly hun and we'll we'll check it out but um yeah it was uh atlanta i thought was a really exciting race to watch uh for my seat um i was the uh, i was the guy that was had a view of just about every wreck that was in the uh in the field uh i i told <laughs> i'm the i was the daniel die of of in-car cameras this <laughs> yesterday which i mean I hate to you know I hate to say it, but it's like if you if you're got a view of every wreck, you're probably not running up front. Um, you're probably in the back, and so all the wrecks happen in front of you. Um, but I, uh, yeah, I had a good view of most of them. 
Um, didn't really get into any except for the the Bowman when he got loose under me and and we spun. Uh, but yeah, I thought I you know the Corey. I watched Corey went, go up and clip wire uh, William Byron and and I heard William post race. He was like, "Yeah, that was my fault." I'm like, "What? Like, am I unwell?" You know, like I just there was between my Twitter mentions, you ran in everything according to Twitter. I'm trying to figure out who I ran into. I really couldn't figure it out. But they, I mean, Harvick fans, they were mad at me. I'm like, wait a minute, I didn't even see him. He ran into the corner of me just like he did at Bristol when he misjudged that and he misjudged that there was someone else earlier this year that he's, you know, misjudged the right front of his car. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as um, simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Was it the red car different? They were not used to seeing oh, maybe. that, and they're confused. Was there another purple and orange one out there? I mean, maybe Eric Jones. He was but a then, bumper car. Then yes. you ran into everybody. <laughs> <laughs> what color was his car? Oh, teal and gold. I think. Uh, okay. Allegiant. His car was fast. Yeah. He was committed to run the high line, and he said, whoever pulls up in front of me is going to get it. Uh, and they got it. Yeah. And Kyle Larson, he... Yeah, he's not gonna let a line just go past him on one of the side. He's just gonna pull up in front of you. And Eric says, "All right, you want to be in front of me? <laughs> Welcome to the ride." Um, now it was uh it was it was fun. I I thought that the race was entertaining. We had some um some lead changes. Uh, the track got better as the race went on. It you know the track got darker, uh, blacker. It, you know, the rubber need to lay down. You didn't want to run where there wasn't rubber. Um, you know, I, I think that we were in for probably a fantastic finish. It started, it just started heating up when, um, when the rain came. And a lot of the just got started heating up came from a couple different factors. Uh, one was we all knew the rain was coming. So everyone got told, you know, pedal the metal, get to the front. Yep. And the other was the track started cooling off. The tires started adhering to the track a little bit better and everyone's car started getting more comfortable. So the very first run of the race, I mean, you could just see everyone's car was on complete edge. We were all over the place and, um, you couldn't, we didn't really run too wide that much just because the, the cars were so unstable by themselves, you know, in the pack and, um, but as it cooled off and as the track started to lay rubber, it started to get more grippy and the more grippier it got, the more we were able to be aggressive running side by side, two and three wide. So, um, it, it stinks cause the race, like I said, it was just starting to get hot, starting to get good. And, um, but you know, we had another rain shortened race, which is, which is a bummer for sure. How much do you think the, the threat of rain? Um, factored into the intensity that we had throughout the entire race. Because it um, did seem like everyone's um, information on the rain was a little bit different. Like, Well, my first question is like, screw the rain. Tell me where the lightning is. Because that's what we always stop for first, right? Is yeah. is the lightning. And then really when the caution... So when we don't didn't go back green, I mean, we were running under caution. I was... I was like race fan. I'm like, what are we doing? Like, we're just, I, I, and evidently Chris Gapehart comes on. It's like, well, evidently a few drivers are talking about drops on their windshield. And he says, well, how is it? I says, Chris, be honest with you. I didn't even notice it till you said it. 
Like it was that small, right? Um, I think, you know, the counter to that is, well, then you risk, if you run, then you run the risk of running a Daytona type incident where it was just a out of nowhere, bam, you know, you go from zero rain to completely drenching the racetrack. I don't know that that was the type of rain that we were going to see here. I think the Daytona, it was even evident from the radar that it was all going to be there at once. Like it was going to be nothing and then pouring. And we even saw it coming from overturns one and two at Daytona. Like you saw it four miles away, three miles away, two miles away. And the spotter says, hey, it's right there, right? They could see it visibly because it was during the day. Atlanta, it was going to drizzle before it rained, and it did. Um, but I think NASCAR is just going to err on the side of more caution right. now because of that incident at Daytona. Right. The question is, is it worth it? Is it worth sending the drivers back out there to run five to ten laps, change a couple positions, right. and then them get caught behind the eight ball? in the rain and then you have a mess and then the whole night is kind of ruined because yeah i mean i don't know the answer to that either because like uh, should william have won the race i mean i think it was just because he stayed out right yeah he was one of the cars that that stayed out and there was a bunch of cars that were staying out mcdowell stayed out he, he was about to run out of gas i think um i, I don't know i don't know the answer to that and what's the right answer certainly we've had some um, finishes that you know it, it that the, the orders got mixed up because of rain, yeah. right? And so, um, I, I'm not sure. I mean, uh, William, if he had enough laps, maybe he probably would have drove up there. Um, he was fast enough to do that. Uh, but yeah, it, it's it's not there is no perfect answer to it. There were definitely drops falling when we pulled in for the red flag. Uh, so. Yeah, I'm not sure how many laps they would have got in if they decided right from the get-go, we're going to do this. One of the ones, I guess, was when I got spun, I think there was six or five or six laps left in the end of the stage. I don't know that there was any damage from either one of our cars, was there? Because why are we running? I mean, Bowman's tires went down, I believe after the contact. Okay. So he had damage driving around the racetrack again. Okay. So he dropped debris on the track. I would think so. Saying? I would think so. He you did think not, so or he knows so? Well, I'm, I'm replaying the crash in my head. And when he's spinning through the infield, he doesn't have damage. At least he didn't, he didn't spin through the infield. I did. Yeah. But you both kind of, okay. I don't know. He ran into you. You spin, and then he runs into you. He locks his tires up, runs into you, and then they cut away. And then when they come back, he's dragging his car around okay. the track. All right. Yeah, so there was damage. I thought on the plane, I was thinking, why were we under caution for so long that time? But, but then I think they up, also just wanted to finish the stage. Oh. Okay. Halfway. So let's just extend it and say, all right, well, this is the end. I, I don't know. Threat of rain coming. They finish the stage under caution. Okay. All right. Well, um, well, I mean, if he had debris and they were picking up debris, that would take a little bit longer, especially if he goes all the way around the racetrack. So, um, yeah, I mean, I think that, you know, can we get races going quicker? I mean, probably. Maybe a lap at the most. I mean, you wouldn't believe that, that what all the communication that goes up there in the tower to um, coordinate safety vehicles, coordinate cleanup vehicles, all that stuff. It's it's not an easy task by any means. Well, you uh, came on the sure. radio and we're wondering, um, is pit road open yet? Right, you were having a conversation with right, Chris on the radio about pit road not being open. That's right, and now that I remember, there was they were down in turns three and four on the apron doing something. Um, I don't know if they were picking up pieces, but, uh, but yeah, pit road was not open because, uh, because of that. I mean, I was actually debating and even thinking about it with Chris that should I, even after I'd spun, like, I didn't think my tires were really hurt at all. I didn't have any vibration. I was like, 
just stay out. <laughs> even yeah. though I even though I wrecked, like just to stay out, just to, and we ha- had enough fuel. So that's where the strategies came from. Was that Byron and such? Um, it was about thirty five laps to go at the end of stage two. There was a group of cars. I was the first to kind of. I saw the field coming, then I pulled down, came to pit road. There was about 18 to 20 of us that pitted that um, that were able to make it past the end of stage two. So, like, we thought if you pit now, you're probably going to have rain before your fuel runs out, even though it was going to put you at an awkward time of pitting in stage three. Um, we didn't care because we didn't think it was going to get to that point. Um, and when I spun, he's like, is anything wrong? I said, ah, my wheels clocked a little bit to the left. We had a little bit of toe damage to the left, uh, left rear tire from where he hit that. But I thought, you know, this, the, the strategy might be just to stay out here, get our track position right back where we were. Um, but he wanted to change the tires because, you know, I did slide them for a certain amount of time through the, the asphalt there. So, um, it put us back in the late twenties or thirties again, and then we were only able to drive up to uh, I don't know where I don't even know where I finished. Do y'all know? Travis, um, in the teens, yeah, in the yeah. teens. Racing season is underway. New customers download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code Denny. Bet five dollars and get one hundred and fifty dollars in bonus bets instantly. That's code Denny only on the DraftKings Sportsbook. Gambling problem? Call one eight hundred Gambler. For state-specific disclaimers, check the show notes. Twenty-one and older in most eligible states, but age varies by jurisdiction. See DraftKings.com/sportsbook for details and state-specific responsible gambling resources. Bonus bets expire seven days after issuance. Eligibility, wagering, and deposit restrictions apply. Terms at sportsbook.draftkings.com slash auto racing terms. I'm at least looking forward to going to some of these tracks where um, it's, you know, it's not, it's more of just the conventional ovals that we're going to go to, the Michigans, the Richmonds, New Hampshires, um, not, not speedways and road courses and Hopefully rain. Let's let's stay away from rain for a few weeks. We've kind of get got bitten by that. When the team tells you, or when Chris tells you that there there's rain coming, um, does that change the way you make moves and 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 race the race? Yeah, I mean, he told me you got to go. Like, we might get in a wreck, but you got to go. And and typically on rope or on speedways, well, in years past, I used to just kind of hang back and wait on some of the wrecks to happen, thin out the field a little bit get rid of some of the uh, manufacturer alliances to where, you know, there's not 80 Fords and, you know, 60 Chevys out on the track and then have more of a level playing field, then I go race with them. It, speedway racing in general is just a lot different than that now because you can only, you know, Daytona, Talladega, you're running too wide most of the time and it's just log jam where you can't go anywhere. Um, so you have to run up front all day or at least attempt to. That's for sure. So we, um, when I go to Atlanta, it's it's a battle for track position. It's the same thing. The track is so narrow that you can't you can't just lay in the back and think you're going to make it to the front at any you know whenever you want to. Not not like the past. So I I was battling for track position all day, but he just wanted me to amp that up. So is it more of a helpless feeling then? if you can't move to the front as easily like hey there's rain coming okay and now i got maybe five to ten laps but i can't really do anything well like how yes you- and no i mean you can but you have to take more risk to do it you have to put yourself in some three wide situations that are you're putting yourself or your competition probably at a higher risk of wrecking but other drivers are certainly which is why it. i went three wide if you look like the c bell went up the racetrack up to the third lane and I was the field was running in the middle, the the bulk of the cars, and so I was just running middle. That's where I wanted to be. I, my car up high was not good at all. I was so loose. Uh, I I didn't want to go up there with him. And um, so Alex was down on the bottom, and you know I'm running and I'm trying to stay with the twenty, and he shoots up high, and I'm like, well, I can't go. I can't go up there. I'm gonna a. I'm gonna open up the door for everyone behind me. And, you know, B, I, I just, the middle lanes where I want to be, 
Um, and so when he did that, I shot through the middle, and then that's when the 48 you know, got loose under loose under us. He was actually really fast, um, but he needed to be by himself. Like he, his car was super unstable, um, and you know, just needed to be tighter in general. Do you, uh, last, last one about, about, um, racing when, when the rain is coming, knowing that other, so you may not be the one that wants to take the chances, right. But knowing that other drivers are going to take chances and open up doors for you, um, just should get Taylor a mic. Your hands were fidgeting. So, <laughs> so that's where she gets it from. She got me a, a fidget toy to a little, little stress ball here. You were wrap, you were wrapping the cord around your finger. I was. I was? Oh yeah. Like this. All right. <laughs> Taylor has more uh, fidget toys than I anyone know. I know. All right. Almost done. Almost done. <laughs> <laughs> what I what I was getting at was that um, even though you may not be the driver that wants to put yourself in in precarious situations, knowing that other guys will, can right. you account for that? Being like, okay, I know that this guy is going to do. Yeah, this no. Now. Sometimes you put you end up in a three wide middle situation because the person in front of you just wants to go, and they they're going to take any avenue. And if the field, when I say the field, the leaders set the lines, right? Uh, if they're running the middle of the racetrack, which primarily that was the line they were choosing um, to go forward, you're either going to have to go low, put yourself at risk of not having a whole lot of drafting help and and trying to make moves that way, or you go to the outside of them and then push them to the bottom lane. So take that middle lane, you're pushing them down to the bottom, and that's when they usually, that, that's the better deal for you if you want to mitigate risk it's getting to the outside of someone in the middle lane because it, it puts then the guy you're on the outside of now them they're forced to run the bottom lane where nobody else is at. So, and it, and now you've just basically taken the top lane and says, Oh, I'm now coming down to the middle because I'm the top car. You're the bottom car. So it's an interesting way of, of, you know, kind of playing that game. So William Byron wins the race. That's now four, uh, victories on the season for him, tying his. He had four coming into the year, career wins, and now another four this year. Yeah, what we saw this coming. Uh, I definitely saw it. Coming. You saw it coming, right? Because you called it. Well, I'm just. I mean, let's go back to episode one. I said the guy's gonna make the final four. I, I actually had him as one of the best restrictor plate racers. Uh, that was very underrated. Um. Yeah, I just a uh, breakout year. He was due for it. I mean, I think he was. He just had a steady progression of getting better, and you know, mix that with uh, you know he came on and was a guest of our show. We know you come to Dirty Mo, you win races. He embraced. And, he embraced the bracket challenge too. Like, right. Right. Yeah, That's bracket it. challenge winner too. This would be a monster year if that was a real thing. William Byron <laughs> if it was a real thing it was it's just uh he didn't win anything um yeah I mean I think um the team in general that that 24 team there they've got some of the most speed of anyone on the racetrack uh I think uh you know Larson gets a lot of the fanfare for being you know the fastest if you if you know just the stereotype who's the fastest at Hendrick Motorsports I think 90 percent of the people that you talk to is gonna say oh Kyle Larson and that's probably the right answer if you weren't watching, you know, the races every week. But I think the 24 car has been, um, I'm looking at the, thinking of the metrics I've seen, has been the fastest car uh, all year. So, and he's, he's wheeling it well, that's for sure. Well, he now leads the points. And if he was to win the points, he currently has 37 playoff points, which more or less Ooh. pencils him into at least... Uh, round of eight. The round of eight. Yep. Yeah, unless you make some big, big... And that's despite being penalized 60 points and an additional five playoff points earlier in the year. Well, <laughs> yeah. The penalty was more than that the first time around. Yes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it was... A, he'd still be in good shape, though. Trust trust us on that. Yeah. Uh, he'd be, what, 40 behind? What do you... Because what you, it was 100. I think it was 100 original. Yeah, but he'd be an additional 40 up. Yeah. 
But I tell you, they, um, they've been fast. They've been, I think, the gold standard most weeks. I mean, they have some off weeks. They certainly de- definitely have some off weeks, but they've been the gold standard on speed, and so I think that's rightfully our, our point leader right now. Um, what else you got? What I'm curious is that if we're, if we're penciling William in for the round of eight, mm. let's just, for, for the sake of argument, let's say he makes the final four. The rest of the standings are still relatively even from two down to seven, eight. Uh, who else do you think uh, makes that final four? Like, who, who are you looking at in the field other than yourself as this is? This well, is I'm going to make it because week. that's what we do is we make final fours, and I always get better as years go. Stats don't lie. Um, yep. All right. So, next in line in the regular season, you got Martin Truex. Definitely could. He's he's running extremely well. Uh, Kyle Busch. I I don't understand Kyle Busch. Um, I I didn't think he ran that well yesterday, and I look up and he finished fifth. Um, again, most of the guys that finished up front was part of that stay out strategy. So, you know, I I I'm not sure. I'm not sure about Kyle. I'm gonna say I'm probably gonna pass on the final four there. Christopher Bell, um, iffy. I don't know how. He, let me see. I'm playoff points. Christopher, I, I'm looking at. It, I switched it now. Kyle's actually got the second most playoff points because he's got the wins, the three wins, right? Only two two stage victories. Um, I'm still gonna pass. Still gonna pass there. Uh, I'll say. <clears throat> The tracks that we have, and that is such a big factor in who does what. Um, but I'm going to say the final four is going to be the 24, the 24, 19, There's the uh, eleven five one. I'm just who, who am I kicking out? Uh, it's really close. Um, man, it's really it's a toss up. I'm gonna. I'll, I'll sure. I'll kick the one out. I, I don't know. It's really close though. Twenty four nineteen five one or five. Oh, ooh, messed up there. Five and eleven. But um, it's close. It's going to be close. It's just a lot of it is track layout, execution, those last two, three races. I just I think the tracks lay out well for us in general. They typically have. Um, so we'll see. We'll see how it goes. But I, I do think that William makes it to the Final Four. He's just, he's just too solid at too many racetracks now. Uh, no weaknesses. So Let's shift to the bottom of these standings now right around the playoff bubble because that's really what's what's getting hot as we get late into this regular season. Seven to go. Seven to go and about, what, seven, eight guys fighting for two spots as of right now? Yeah, I mean, points. we had this debate uh, before we turned the mics on, and it was, uh, I said, well, Elliot's a lock. And you're like, he's 60 back. I'm like, uh, and? Like, he scores stage points. These other guys don't consistently score stage points. Like, they might finish well because, you know, of different reasons or they just run well. But they're not they're not up front every week contenders. Like, all right, so you have McDowell and Suarez are tied for 16th. Then you got Bubba's three back. Omdinger's 13 back. I, I just, I don't think they have enough speed. I mean... Not with the racetracks that are left. I, I think that they've made some hay here on the road courses the last few weeks. They got one more left. Is that right? Before the playoffs? Two. Two. Watkins Glen and Indian oh. Course. Ooh. So that'll be close then. So, I mean, let's just say he finishes top five in those. Um, I don't know. He, he hasn't even really been as fast on the road courses as, as I've seen in the past. Is it other guys are getting better? Maybe 
Is his cars not as good? Maybe. Each time we go to a road course, the competition is going to be better. Naturally. You would think. You would think, but you just he's still for for a while there he was just in the top three. You just penciled him into a top three finish because he you know was that fat. He had the the speed to do it. Like it, I thought at the Chicago Road Course, I was like, ooh, he wasn't nearly as fast as what you would expect. Um, and maybe that was just a street course thing. I'm not really sure. So you got these guys, one, two, three, four, six, seven going for two spots. Almendinger, no. Bowman, minus 42. Uh, my gut tells me no, but this is another team that that could qualify well, get state. I'm looking at the tracks, qualify well, get stage points. And chip away at this. Like people are so panicked with, oh my gosh, minus sixty or oh my gosh, minus forty-two with seven races to go. That is that is a long, long way to go. How many checkered flags are in that? Twenty-one. Twenty-one checkered flags in the next seven weeks. Is the math right there? Three checkers with stage. You're- yeah. There's a ton of opportunities. To get points. And so, there's... I don't think there's a panic moment for any of them. Elliot runs the best of all of them. He, he's going to get the most stage points. And he's minus 60. So, let me... Let seven me. to go. And he's got to beat Suarez and McDowell. That, you know... That amount... He, he can do that. And, and I don't even think it's going to be a sweat. Well, for the for the Chase Elliott fans, he's only finished in races he's ran this year. He's only finished outside uh, the top thirteen. Now he hasn't twice. Run, I know, but he hasn't run that no, well. No, like, he's that's not. A, that's a stat in I favor get it. of. I get it. I'm being you know stats are are real, but f- stats generally speaking, the eye test. He's not been as fast, and he will immediately say, "I'm not running as fast as I was before for Correct. for whatever reason." Right. Right. But he's finishing well, and he's getting stage points. Now, sometimes it's at the Chicago Road Course where it's a gift, right? And and you you go from running wherever you're running to, bam, top three. But I think these racetracks suit him. He's got two road courses where he's not really falling off. Uh, results are still good. Is he dominating on the road courses? Not Again, like AJ, not as much as he was for sure, uh, but he's still going to get a very, very good result for you and probably score stage points. And then the Michigans, he's going to be strong. The the Richmonds, he'll be strong. I mean, all these tracks kind of fit what I think Chase Elliott. I mean, he's good everywhere, so that's it's really hard to say. There's, I mean, maybe the speedways, super speedways, he's. Not as good, but I would still put him almost right there on the edge of one of the top five guys on super speedways as well. So, Elliot's in. I, I don't care how you mix this thing up with seven to go. Racing against these guys, he's 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 faster. He's got better results, and he's going to get more stage points. So, I'm going to put Elliot in. That leaves one spot between McDowell, Suarez, Gibbs, Bowman, Bubba, and Almendinger, and that's not in order. In the order, it's McDowell and Suarez are tied for 16th. Bubba's minus three. Almendinger minus 13. Then you got Gibbs minus 36. Bowman minus 42. Gibbs is an interesting take because he's finishing well. Is he running that well? Eh. You know, I I don't know that he's getting a ton of stage. I think it's going to come down to stage points. Whoever gets the most stage points is going to get into the playoffs. Whoever has, whoever does not, will not. So this is going to be a battle of qualifying. Um, I think Suarez probably gets the the other spot. He's already in. McDowell again runs. He finishes really well. He's he's overachieving, no question. I mean. You say overachieving. Todd Gillen's taking a huge step this year. Shout out to Todd because of well how well he's doing this year. I think um, you know people are starting to write him off, but he's showing that he's clearly 
capable of, of running up front and, and being a contender. So the front rows got their cars better. So McDowell's going to have a shot. But I just think when you you got to put the whole perspective in, in a picture here, right? Suarez has the best pit crew consistently. Now, Gibbs got a great pit crew. Elliott's got a great pit crew. Bowman's got a great pit crew. Bubba's pit crew's pretty good as well. But I put, the, you know, I if I had to tier them in a certain tier on performance, you look at what has performed over the entire season. Suarez's team is the top. It is. It's just the top. And he's not at a deficit. And he runs 5th to 12th most weeks. You know, just performance-wise, that that jumps at the page of me. Pit crew, he's got the edge. Points, he's got the edge. Elliott and Suarez get the final two spots. If we don't have another winner, I guess, you know, we do still have Daytona, right? Yep, yep. That is, forget Daytona. I know we can't forget it. It's a part of it. But I'm saying if we do not have a new winner. By Daytona. By Daytona, or, or after Daytona. Well, then we'll be in the playoffs. I know that. I know that, Jared. I'm saying Suarez and Elliott. Suarez being zero to the cut. Elliott minus 60 are your two guys in. That was long explanation, but it's why I reason that way. Um, you know, and, and I looked at forward of these guys, the McDowell Suarez group. There's no one really up there that is is looking to drop like no one's, I don't think anyone's going to free fall from, you know, Tyler Reddick, Brad Kozowski, um, Chris Busher. They're, they're solid enough to where they don't even really need to score that many stage points. They need to just keep chipping away, running 12th, whatever it might be, wherever they finish, you know, eighth, seventh week in, week out, they'll be fine. Um, Bubba's just, um, they're in it. They're in the picture. Minus three. You can. They can do it. Dear Danny, we've got some questions that we want to ask. Dear Danny, we need answers and we need them fast. We tried to ask Junior, but his answers were lame. And with DBC, it was more of the same. Now we're calling on you, because you're our only hope. This ain't the racetrack, so maybe you won't choke. Dear Denny, how much can you learn about a track uh, from the Xfinity race? Well, speaking of the Xfinity race, do you want to talk about that? Because there was a kind of a finish that was, un, you know, we thought that that race played out pretty single file. And I'll get back to Dear Denny. Dear Denny. Um, that race played out, you know, a little differently. Those cars were low on grip. There was more single file racing. Um, but the end of it is what was the um, interesting part because Colleg has really kind of stamped their brand on we are going to push our teammates to victory at super speedways. That's that's our MO. That's our team slogan. Yep. <laughs> like that's, And they were doing that with 10 to go, 15 to go. Yeah, and, and I think that's where Daniel Hemrick got a little upset there. It was like, you know, I was, you know, I was doing my part for the whole race, and then you're behind me and you didn't push. Um, definitely see his frustration there. Um, Haley said he pulled out of line because he was running out of gas. He was sputtering. But he was sputtering and got beside the 11? That it, that didn't make sense to me. Um, ultimately, it cost them a victory. I mean... A chance of victory, I should say. I mean, they had no once they got side by side and Nemechek, especially with those cars, the runs aren't as big as what they are on the Cup cars. Certainly, it took away their opportunity to race for the win. I think that they probably would would have had a great shot to overtake the twenty had they stayed in line, but um, they didn't. Yeah. So, another fascinating uh, point to the end of that race was how little help Austin Hill got. From anybody in the field. Yeah, I, I saw him mention that in his uh, interviews for sure. But, I mean, 
Yeah, I mean, if you're going to be a, a, a tough guy to beat, then you're probably not. It, I mean, it's but different. This it's just it's different than in cup because in cup you just if you think someone's good, you want to follow them because right. they're going to take you to the promised land, right. which is to the front, right? Right, either because they're behind you or because they're in front of you. Um, yeah, it's uh, I don't know. There's there's a lot of inexperience in Xfinity, um, so. Yeah, it's just maybe it's a mindset thing that you know the younger guys are just like, well, he's hard to beat, so why am I? Why would I stay behind him? I'm going to try to pass him. Right. So. Maybe it's just a matter of I'm going to follow. If I follow Austin Hill, I'm going to go to the front, but then I'm not going to be able to get around him. Yeah, but the smart thing to do is take that up, take that take, chance, go to yeah, second. Yeah, you want to go to second. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, it, it's part of it. I I think that uh, at times. When you know, in some maybe sometimes Austin Hill made a move that whoever was behind him just didn't approve of. They just didn't they're like, well, that's not the move that's not the move to make right now. And so that's the thing too, is that when you are the person that constantly makes moves on super speedways, you put yourself very vulnerable spot to you're putting the competition at a decision. The person behind you, they have a decision. Do you do I think that that is the right move or not? And really, a lot of what I learned on super speedways is I'm not that guy as much. I was early in my career, but later in my career, I just push guys and then I let them make a decision. And then I have time to analyze that decision. Is that move, does it have enough momentum to keep going and I'm going to follow you? Or is that is that a dead proposition and I just need to stay in line here? So that's usually the what I found to be the better way uh, for me personally, but um, Austin Hill, I mean, you can't argue with his results and in Xfinity on super speedways. He's, he clearly knows how to get up to the front. He knows how to use the draft and, um, it's got a fast car, but sometimes having a fast car, you know, you're going to have to modulate your throttle more than you want to, because you, you know, you can't always be the guy to go make the, the, the bold moves, especially when there's a line of cars. Back to the Dear Denny, how much can you learn from watching Xfinity race the night before? You know, I learned a little bit for sure. I mean, it certainly it spurred a conversation between me and my team um, on messaging afterwards, just kind of looking and hearing the comments from what the Xfinity guys were saying about the racetrack. I mean, we wanted to know about the racetrack, right? Did it have less grip? Why was it more strung out this time around than what it was last time? Um, what was the handling characteristics that they were fighting versus practice? Um, they didn't have practice, but versus qualifying that, you know, but normal weeks were, were verifying where did the track go? And so it certainly spurred some interesting conversation up with our team about, you know, does this track have the grip that we thought it was going to have? Um, what do we need out of our balance to start the day? So yeah, there's after, there is some things that I, I learned from Xfinity. You've seen in my bus, I've got a, a giant scoring monitor right there on the couch, you know, right beside the couch, which is now right beside the TV. So as I'm watching Xfinity races and you watch someone uh, run a new line, say on a mile and a half track, someone's running up at the wall or someone's running right on the white line, I'll, and, and they start moving forward, I'll see that on the lap time saying, okay, well, look where he's running and look, he's the fastest guy on the track now. So... That's um, something that it, TV doesn't always cover it because they got a lot to cover and they're they're covering battles. Um, I'm more interested in what lines are are, are going and what, what what's taking off right now. For those who don't know, you're running uh, the SRX race this Thursday, first SRX race of the season. Yeah, we're up at Stafford. Uh, this is Mike Wheels who works for 2311. His stomping ground that he was, uh, uh, you know. He won a ton of track championships up there, uh, I believe, with Ronnie Silk. So, um, yeah, I'm gonna go up there and battle those guys. I think Harvick. Who, who's the full time guys that are? I I'll, think Brad and Harvick are both full time. Yeah, I'll, I'll I'll go through the list of of all the drivers. All right, who's my entered. competition? So we've got you, Clint Boyer, Kevin oh. Harvick, Tony Kanon. Brad Kozlowski, Haley Deegan, Bobby Labonte, Ryan Newman, Paul Tracy, Ryan Hunter Ray, Marco Andretti, and Tony Stewart. That's a strong field. They, they've they've upped their talent pool for sure. Um, 
Yeah, it's it's. I've never driven those cars. They did have an open test. I know Kyle Busch went to the open test. Kevin Harvick went to the open test. I think Brad did as well at Caraway. I did not. Um, and they say like they limit your your practice that you're going to get when you get there to like just five laps. That way everyone has the same amount of tire uh, wear on their tires to start the day. So um, it's just a new machine. I'll, I'll adapt to it, you know, the brakes and all that stuff and, and figure it out. But um, it'll take probably half the race to get my bearings under me and figure out, you know, what, how these cars make speed. And then the strategy that, that goes on to, uh, to try to, uh, to watch, try to win it. So we'll see. It's on ESPN. E- new, they got a new uh, partner, ESPN. So it's Thursday Night Thunder for SRX this week. Um, I'm excited for that. That's just one of the reasons I signed up for it. You plan on using the bumper a little bit? Oh, yeah. Yeah, those things look nice and rigid and tough. <laughs> Especially, I, I don't have to pay for it. Um, yeah, so watch out, Don Hawk. <laughs> <laughs> uh, other than that, we talked about... Uh, Tire testing in Texas is a, it's oh, a big week. I know. Such a busy week for me. Leaving here, I got to go to the competition meeting for 2311. Uh, just to go through my Mondays, uh, folks. I, uh, yeah, 10 a.m. ish, we found out. Um, I'm, I'm down here, right? Big, big on the ish. Yeah. I, I just <laughs> got the, the time zones mixed up last week. The, uh, so 10, we're down here shooting. Uh, we, we try to do it on Sunday nights when I get home at a reasonable time. I think I'm more awake on Sunday nights. You probably get some of the better pet podcasts that we have happen on Sunday night. Yeah, these primetime races are screwing up our schedule. NBC needs to consult with us going forward. Mm. And a lot of it, too, is they're, it's easier for them to have a primetime slot on USA Network um, versus you know NBC. NBC, it's going to be super tough, but... Um, so yeah, come down here, podcast this thing for a, a few hours, go straight to 2311-ish uh, for, for their meetings uh, here shortly, 12 at 12 o'clock. Then you've got uh, JGR meeting at 2 o'clock. Uh, then I'll, you know, sometimes I'll go run um, Static Simulator or something uh, to verify some stuff. I mean, that's a, that's a, it just depends on the week. But Mondays are full. Um, then tonight I got a meeting at nine o'clock at the new building to go over some lighting stuff. But um, and then off to the tire test. Ten p.m. tonight. Go to Texas. Roast my ass off for two days there in the heat, making laps for Goodyear, and then uh, come back on Wednesday afternoon, and then up to SRX Thursday to Stafford. Run that till 11 o'clock. Go back to Charlotte after Stafford. Spend a day in Charlotte. Then back up to New Hampshire for NASCAR weekend. Yep. Last thing I wanted to ask because you brought it up is how is the new 2311 shop coming? It looks pretty um, significant. Might be a nice word to use when you're driving down 77 yeah. and it's off there to the left. It's coming together. It's, you know, they're, they're, they're working. I, I think they're probably, you know, a few weeks behind, but now that it's got a roof over it and they're not going to be affected by rain, I think that they probably can make that time up uh, pretty easily. But I'm excited about it. I'm excited for people to see, like, I mean, the interior is is certainly very nice. I mean, it's it, it will be it will in my opinion, it's going to rival any F1 shop that you go to. Um, but I think the exterior, like you, I know you see what you see, but there's way more to it that you don't see that will be coming together here shortly that I'm excited. Yeah. I mean, you're just teasing the windows, right? You're like 23 degree angle yeah. window. Yeah. But it's, there's, and that kind again, of tells you enough, right? If you're, if you're in the details that much about the, the window, there's a degree, ton of details. I, I love design. I, I just, I, I designed my house here. Uh, seven years ago like I just kind of took little things from hotels that I visited all over the country and just like hey I like that pool or I like this sitting area and just took all those things and put it into you know into a house and so um 
same thing with the shop. I just, I really did a ton of research on design and, and tried to figure out how I like things. And, uh, yeah, I'm, I, it's going to be amazing when it's done. And, and I, I know you see it and it looks like it's years from being finished, but January 1st, we're, we're operating out there. We're building cars out there January 1st. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm excited for it only because it's, I mean, you feel like you started this project we were still in COVID and you yeah, said, the oh, design. end of the year, yeah. end of the year, <laughs> end of the year. Now we're finally reached the end of the year, I think. <laughs> hey, I'm confident. That's what they, that's what my boys, John Dudas and Tucker keep telling me. Um, I, I, I trust them. So excited. You'll see that if, when you're going down 77 South, you'll see it right there on the left-hand side, right before you get to 485. And if you're coming North on 77, right when you pass 485, look to your right, you'll see it. Yep giant concrete uh contraption so yep excited about it and then next week we are post loud new hampshire uh hopefully i'm holding the lobster for my 50th i really wanted it to happen this week i want it to happen every weekend but i'm starting to get impatient for my 50th I'm going to have to get more aggressive to start running over more people. I've run over them apparently on on Twitter. They already blame you for it anyways. You might as well do it. Might as well. Might as well do it. Just, you know, I think the competition will understand. Hey, going for 50. Yeah. Sorry, I'm going to have to ease you up here. So (laughs) keep that in mind. I'm running right behind you uh, on the last lap. Ask Larson. (laughs) Make sure to follow Dirty Mo on social at Dirty Mo Media. Travis, is, is Dirty Mo Media on threads now? Our new social? Uh, we are on threads. So at Dirty Mo Media on there too. All right. Just the last thing when it comes to that. I'm noticing people, whatever they're posting on Twitter, they're posting on threads. Oh, really? See, I, yeah. I have people, they're differentiating everything that they post. And then, hey, another, I got another bone to pick before we get off air. People think the funny stuff is coming from you. That's good. <laughs> Somebody did post comment on the tweet that you had late last night. Someone did say, this is Denny definitely not Jared posting it. So someone did give you credit for that okay, one, Denny. Thanks. Yeah. yeah. I'll, t- I'll, no, t- the, I'll uh, take the credit. If no, the, funny when I said that, really. hey, perfect, another platform I can yeah. read, I don't have any championships. Like, you woke up to that. Yeah, well, I I sent you a text that said, hey, there's this new uh, social app. I don't know if it's going to take off. So you downloaded it. I downloaded it. So Jared, I Jared did the over. dirty work, but he, he's not posting for me. People, what? stop giving him the credit. I, that's, that's true. I, I merged the account over. I said, hey, uh, there's this new app. That's so what should Red. we do with it? That's my question. Like, I, you know, we're, we, we got a f- fair amount of followers pretty quick. Like... Yeah, I mean that's, what we, that's the beauty of. But the new- but I feel like we owe the people some different content, right? You don't want to have copy and paste from one to the other. Well, there you go. Here here here's what we'll do. Because why would they? Why would you switch? Here, here's what we'll do. Because I'm not saying you should switch anyway. By the way, and I saw Brad taking a bold statement this or bold stance this weekend. I helped set Twitter up. You know, right? What, I helped. Hold on. He didn't say he helped. He had a big role. <laughs> it's what he said. So I had a big role in building this app or building this platform. And I was just like, that's a bold statement. And then the bold statement too of like, well, I'm not going to pay for Twitter. Hey, I did notice there's a, you are one of the very few drivers who does pay for Twitter blue. And, and what does fair, it do different? Did, but what does did, it do different? Well, hold up. Let me go back. You were paying for Twitter Blue before any of this. Yeah, came I paid my fair share. Right. What is it to I, edit tweets and all that? Is it a hundred dollars a year? It's less than that, I think. I think you, if you sign up on the desktop. Do you think I would? Um, let me. Th- I, I think about this in the sense of like Rod. Like he would say, "What makes good business sense? Is it is the return on investment to give my sponsors proper?" publicity or like $96 a year. What do we do? Brad, are we really saying it ain't worth $96 to, you know, make sure that you're at the top of the list when things pop up like it? I mean, 
would you possibly risk missing out on a sponsor or something like because you're you just don't want to pay ninety six dollars? You you just don't think it's right? Like that? It. I'm coming for I'm coming for Peacock. FS1, I helped build that damn platform. You wait till I send my bill to them. Yeah, you get a free subscription. <laughs> <laughs> I do. It's bit, no, it's more about the, the you know, like, you know, Twitter was free for 15 years. I know, but golly, it's, it's, like, it's like the Wall Street Journal. You're, I, you, I, we use it for news source. It's, it's such a fabulous place for news. Yes, it's got bots and trolls and evidently some darfs out there as well but but man it's it's still such a great news source i mean that's how i find out what's going on with the world yeah you know as soon as i it, it's no doubt for me you tell me you got to get rid of instagram or twitter and it's instagram for me out like it's i just feel I, the information because it's just a picture thing yeah. right like yeah. i mean if we want to get more followers, just put me in a bathing suit, evidently. That works. We might lose followers. <laughs> hey, you never know. They might be into the dad bod. Here's what we'll do, though, for Threads. Because Threads is exclusive to Instagram, it's the same same company, right? It, that's what's nice about Threads is setting up the, the account. You don't have to do anything. You just download the app, open the app, and it merges everything. Do you work for them? It sounds like you work for them. No. I would are you getting paid? Are you? Do you have another side hustle? I would love to get paid by by that. <laughs> That'd be great. If all I got to do is promote it on this podcast and they'll send me a check, I'm in. Zuck. Travis, I feel like the most compelling conversation we had today is coming in the last five minutes. So maybe we'll put that. We'll get a clip and put that only on Threads. I was gonna <laughs> say we'll just ask the pe- for anyone listening to this podcast exclusive this is an exclusive go to your instagram at denny hamlin which is also your thread i'll put up a a question thing and whatever you want to see on threads okay put it in that box and then so i'll bring all the service announcement the next post will be from jared yes because it's going to be a question it's well, going to be a question see i'm i'm pretty sure with jared's fame that the less he's going to do less work for you anyways, Denny. I feel like you got to do more going forward. Like he's the fame's going to start to get to him. Well, I mean, gonna... I split this guy. I mean, he's taking Skip photos it. for Chase Elliott, Kyle Larson. I mean, he's, he's practically an HMS I, fanboy. I don't take photos for Chase Elliott. He's probably got a burner account. But the five. Oh, do you have a burner? <laughs> no. No? Just rem- just just remember Stephen A and Skip did split and I think Steve or Skip and uh What's his name? What are you telling me, Jared? I don't know. <laughs> are you getting too big for your britches? You never know. You never know. It sounds like it. Are you breaking up with me? No, I'm not. Not here anyway. Yeah. All right. So Jared's gonna post something. Yep. On what they want to see, right? Yep. What do you want to see on Threads? On Threads. So if you listen to this, it'll go. All right. And I'll bring you a list of ideas. And then, uh, yeah, we'll make it happen. All right. Sounds good. I like it. Um, You got anything else? Nope. All right. Well, we'll see y'all after New Hampshire. Peace out. Check out Dirty Mo Media on Twitter, Facebook, TikTok, and Instagram.